With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Greetings and welcome back, everyone, to the Doing It At Home podcast. I'm Sarah. You'll hear from my co-host, Matthew, in a few minutes here when we jump into the interview because we have an amazing birth story plus some bonus topics as well for you today in our conversation Real quick, if you are not subscribed yet to the show, please do that right now. Just boop. Yeah. Boop. Hit that little button. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform podcast player you are using. You could have subscribed already by the time I was done saying this sentence. And that way you'll just be notified of every episode when it comes out. You won't miss it and you'll know what's going on. You'll be able to listen as soon as it gets out there. And follow us on all the social channels as well. We're on Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast. We are on Facebook, doing it at home. And our private Facebook group is there, doing it at home birth group. And there's a link to all of those platforms, all of those accounts in our show notes, or if you go to our website, D-I-A-H podcast, as in doing it at home, D-I-A-H podcast.com, you'll find a way to get there as well. But the private Facebook group is growing. We are at a thousand plus members now, which is so exciting. And the the love and the support and the resources that are being shared there, the the ups and the downs, the wins, the just the the way that it's so organically brewing <laughs> and coming together is just really magical and really inspiring to be a part of. We go live in there, we answer questions, we share resources, and then just the rich conversations that are going on in there. It is really difficult to keep up because it's just bipping and bopping and whoop, whoop, whoop. It's so crazy, crazy awesome. So, there you have that. And our shop is growing as well. Our product offerings in the Doing It At Home swag shop just keeps getting better and better. We've got our Have Babies Where You Make Them. That's our bestseller in our mug, our tanks, our t-shirts, our 
hoodies and sweatshirts. That's all there for you. We have some new designs in there as well featuring birth magic, meconium happens (laughs) because it does. Great gifts for your doula and or midwife, any member of your birth team, a fellow birth junkie, or just hashtag treat yourself. It's Yeah, you got to go check it out. So a link to the shop is in the show notes as well. And also it's linked from our website. So go check that out. Today, we are chatting with Brenda Amaya. And I'm really excited to talk to her because we've been in connection for a while, but, you know, divine timing. And so here it is. And, you know, we're doing the interview now. But Brenda is an amazing birth photographer and doula and other things as well. She wears many hats. And you can see some of her photography actually featured on our website. So go to the website to see some of her amazing work. And we get to talk about details of her birth stories. So she's had three births, all very different, one in a hospital with some traumatic elements to it, followed by a home birth and then followed again by another home birth. So one hospital birth, two home births, and just how along the way of those births, how they influenced her work, her passions, and what she's up to now. So after her second birth, she was led into doula work And then along the way, combined that with photography work. So the doula tog is a concept birthed out of that. And Brenda also works with other birth workers, specifically around creating mother blessings, ceremonies for mothers as they prepare for their birth experiences. And Brenda is also very passionate about doing work in the Latinx community to provide resources and services, particularly for families who are interested in learning more about their birthing options. And with Brenda being from El Salvador, that's, you know, really important and something that bears mentioning. Things we cover in this episode, birth trauma, doula work, importance of community in your birth experience, blessing ways, birth photography work, and birth work in the Latinx community. So quick word from our sponsor, and then we will hear from Brenda. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, Brenda, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Wonderful. We're very excited to have you, Brenda. So thank you again for carving out some time to hang out with us today. Yes, of course. So Brenda, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. So I am Brenda. I am a birth photographer and a mentor for doulas and birth workers. Um, I have three little ones, and they've brought me to this to this amazing work <laughs> of birthkeeping. I have a nine-year-old, a three-year-old, actually a four-year-old now, a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. And I'm excited to weave yeah. in the conversation of your birth work with your own personal stories. You know, you mentioned doula and photographer, but then also mentor for birth workers. So that combination is really great. I'm sure that's going to have a lot of listeners out there very interested in what you do. 
Yeah, let me tell you. I mean, my um, my first um, was a home was actually a hospital birth, and then my birth photography work actually is what led me to choosing a home birth the mm. second time around. Um, once I experienced and got to photograph and tell that story for my client, I realized like, wow, this can be done differently. Um, so I decided to have a home birth the second time around with my with my four year old. Um, and it was life changing. And that itself brought me to realizing that I could do a lot more in my in serving my my birth photography clients. And I could combine both of my services um, and really hold space for birthing people. So wow. it's it's been quite the journey. <laughs> I yeah. feel like every time I have a birth, I only not only do I birth a new baby, but I birth a new business baby, a new business <laughs> idea. So. <Yeah>. <laughs> That's <laughs> that. great. Yes, they are connected. You know, that creative energy, it's it births things, all sorts of things. And I love the I, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second, but I just love how it's all connected. You said the how the birth photography influenced you to have a home birth. That's really fascinating. And then also you've kind of coined a new term in the space. Is that correct? Doula tog. A little bit, a little bit. Actually, I didn't realize that it's, it's a very new thing for most people. Mm -hmm. I just thought like it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. It I think sense. it's great. Like, doula tog. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I find that a lot of people are like, what is that? Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that aspect of combining both the, the doula services and the birth photography services. And I think that I've, I've come to master just collaborating in both parts and really balancing those things out and being able to provide those services equally to my clients. Mm. Can you, can you mm -hmm. talk to us just for a quick minute about how you balance those two roles? Because they're both important roles mm. and they're, and they're different. So how, how is it can you kind of walk us through the, the way that you're able to balance them during a birth? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, there's always a, a, the right doula for the right person, right? Like there is a specific doula for the right person. So I do think for at least for my clients, I find that the partner wants to be very much involved or they're open to being involved. So a lot of it comes in the prepping in the prenatal parts. We do usually two to three prenatals where I do an in intensive like childbirth education and comfort measures um, with my clients to really prep them and have them be part of that collaborative team. Mm. Um, and that really helps me out when it comes down to the birth, because I am able to like truly um, collaborate with the partner to be able to provide the support for the birthing person mm -hmm. and have enough time to also document the, the, the story in between. Um, and also like, it always comes down to what the client wants and needs. Mm -hmm. um, so usually I tell them like doula work comes before any photography for me but really like it's up to you like you tell me what's most important to you and then you know I prioritize that mm -hmm. um, yeah that's but awesome. a lot of it it's done prenatally prepping for postpartum prepping for you know all of the options and really educating the partner like hands-on we actively like go through their house and figure out and just play out like a birthing scenario where they feel empowered to know like, oh, I don't have to just like sit on my couch and like try to ride out <laughs> the contractions, right? My partner can actively help me throughout my house. And here are some of the things that we can actually do um, to get through like early labor and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it, I think it's just 
reminding them of that in- intuition that they have and that they are, I mean, I labored through <laughs> through both of my babies, like pretty much on my own um, until about like an hour or two before my midwife got there, before my, I woke my husband up. So just doing that, that work mentally um, can also bring, bring a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of changes in what labor could look like. But really, I mean, we know the labor is unexpected and things can happen differently, yeah. but I think just, I mean, the mind is so powerful, mm. the power of the mind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I do point. a lot of soul work too. So like, mm. um, right now I am actually teaching birth workers how to facilitate mother blessing ceremonies. So I have a course that I, um, that I'm teaching to birth workers. And really like I do that with my own clients. I facilitate that space to really work through like emotional things or just create community for them. And I find that, um, that makes a world of difference because it did for me. And I also see it in my clients. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. I'd like to jump back real quick to the work that you do with the partners. And can you share a little bit about what do you see come up frequently with partners that maybe they're different beliefs or different ideas that they have around birth that you work on to help get them prepared? Yeah, sometimes I, you know, come into the first prenatal and I um, and then when I think back to like the actual day of the birth, I see like a complete shift. You know, when we start talking during our prenatals about, you know, what birth could look like or what they ultimately like, how do they see themselves playing a role in birth? All they know, it's what's been said to them, what's been shared with them, you know, in their community, around their friends, their co-workers and things like that. Um, and it feels, <laughs> at least in my experience, that a lot of the things that co-workers are sharing between um partners about what birth could look like are like pretty scary things yeah i can only imagine (laughs) and a lot of nonsense (laughs) yes um but i see that shift once they start realizing that there is more that they can do like they're actively obviously they played a role in making that baby they actively want to be there they just don't know how so providing them with these tools and um it really enhances their experience and it makes them you know, be part of the team and they feel, they feel like they, they want to do that. At least I, I always, I always share this with everyone. My husband with my first baby at the hospital, um, I'm in the middle of having like back labor and he's like, um, my hand is hurting. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like your hand is hurting. I'm literally like dying here. Your hand is hurting. <laughs> so then, you know, going back to the second time around, we're doing a childbirth class and he had a moment where like, oh crap, like if I would have known that I could use like my elbow or my like shoulder or this birthing tool or like the peak star roller or like <laughs> any other method of like, not just my hand. Um, he had this moment of like, now I have these other tools that if it comes up, I can try a different thing. I don't have to just like break my hand for like three hours <laughs> doing the same thing over and over. Right. That's great. Um, so just that shift in him and in, in my clients that I see often where they they want to help. They just they just know what they know, right? So like bringing these things and setting them up and kind of playing out those roles um, to do like practice labor, right? really makes a big difference on how they show up. And then me being actively there and encouraging them and having and like supporting them as well. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing, a really beautiful thing. 
Yeah, and I bring that up because in our experience, one of the things that I appreciated so much from the, the birth workers we worked with, midwives and doulas, is that they did take time out to make sure that I felt prepared mm. and make sure that mm-hmm. I you know, knew what I could do and, and uh, they wanted to hear my vision for my, my participation. And I think that's so important that partners feel empowered, that they feel educated and that, that they feel prepared so that they can show up in full support, whatever that looks like for the, the birthing person. So mm. I'm, I appreciate you talking a little bit about that. And hopefully for those listening, it, it gets people thinking about, okay, let me make sure my partner is also feeling confident and prepared in this birth. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I find that it really, like just, I mean, showing up for a pregnant person makes a world of a difference for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like that's your comfort person. That's, you know, that's your safe place. So for, for your partner to show up for you in that way, and to also feel, you know, a bit confident and also feel like they have um, a backup of their own support person, right? I always let them know, like, you know, birth, it's like a family experience. So I also try to involve, you know, the little ones. I know, like, my kids, my my older kids were, were at the birth for, you know, the my, my last baby. And then, yeah, my older was, my, my nine-year-old was at the birth for my second baby, and she was five years old. And, oh, wow. You know, my mother was literally freaking out and thinking, like, you're going to traumatize her. This is just weird. Why are you trying to have her there? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's making that like a normal thing. Like we have these conversations. I am in this line of work. We we talk about birth all the time and it's normal for her. And she I mean, she expresses beautiful things about birth and just pregnancy in general. So yeah. just making that shift all around, like birthing. It's a family event, <laughs> I think. Um it's it's beautiful when everyone gets invited, not just invited. Okay, it doesn't have to be like they don't have to be at the birth rate if you don't feel like they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, being part of the process, um, it starts shifting things for the new generations to come, and I think that's where we are going to have a big a big shift. Yeah. Um, if we start teaching our little ones that birthing it's it's a normal experience, and this is how it could look like, not just what we see on you know tv or movies right which yeah <laughs> yeah it's a whole lot of crap too right mm-hmm. how, how awesome is it to start that that re-scripting mm-hmm. young huge. when they're young you know and and allowing you know kids to form those first impressions of birth and their you know healthy impressions empowered perce- perception uh, impressions loving impressions rather than like you mentioned brenda all the stuff that they pick up from tv and movies mm-hmm Right. Yeah. And I mean, this is things I'm sure going back, you know, back to generations, like, uh, at least in my case, um, my mother is, um, she has 10 siblings. (laughs) And she was the only one that was born in the hospital. Um, We're from El Salvador, a small country in Central America. Um, And she was the only one that was born in the hospital, but I knew nothing about home birth from her. She barely knew anything about home birth. And just a few, like literally a generation back, my grandmother was birthing all of her babies at home. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's so heartwarming to know that like I am bringing that back into my generation. Just the thought of that being an option. Mm -hmm. Oh, it literally gives me chills right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's really powerful. And I, I want to go into this for a second. This wasn't on the plan at all, but you bring it up. I'm curious about now the impact that you can have, not only with your stories, but in the birth work that you do in the Latinx communities 
not only around you geographically, physically, which, you know, exist, but then with the work you do virtually and how you're, how we're able to reach people the way that we do now, how important is that for you? Or is that something significant to you as you, as you practice in your, your craft and as you hold space for others, you know, to bring this empowered message to those communities as well? Um, it's really at the high front for me. Mm. Uh, I am trying to do all that I can to get this out. Like I just got on Clubhouse uh, like a month ago and I'm a little obsessed there. So I've been ha- hosting rooms about like Latinx birth and just getting that conversation going in my Latinx community mm-hmm. to just shift things a little bit and to just let people know that there are other options mm-hmm. um, because I didn't have, I didn't know about those options with my first baby and things did not go anywhere the way I wanted them to go, even though I knew I wanted a more natural option, a more, you know, interventionless birth at a hospital, mm-hmm. it, it didn't go like that at all. I yeah. did not feel like I, my, my, my wording had any, any say in there. Um, and so I, I want this for, for my people. I want this for all birthing people really, but I know that for, for me specifically in my community, I see a lot of it, it's, it has to do with resources and just making and finding those resources available. So I have been putting things in place in my business um, to have these resources to be able to help. So with my, for my fee, I am moving a little bit of the profits, you know, to like a fund where I can be able to provide pro bono services Mm -hmm. quarterly to, um, to someone that, that doesn't have the resources to have a doula and things like that. Um, and also now that I have shift, shifted my, my business virtually, I'm really excited to start connecting more and just planting that seed in my Latinx community. And I'm offering like virtual doula services. So um, that's that's even more excited that I, I feel like I can connect with a lot more Latinx parents. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways to like find them and to get them closer. Yeah. <laughs> so they know more of their options and know that I am here um, and available to serve them. That's oh, that's so great. I love this. It's so powerful because I feel like there's a whole thread, a whole layer within birth as an experience here in this country that if you are new to this country or if this is not your country of origin or there is a language difference or just cultural nuances that are different, you know, like what you were saying, you know, a few generations back, how it might be. In, in other countries and other parts of the world to now be here and maybe not know your options. You know, I already said there might be a, a language barrier or discrepancy there, or just to not even if, the, if there's a discrepancy, but to just have someone who can speak your language, your native tongue in that experience of having a baby, what, what a powerful thing that can be. So I just, I think there's more conversations to be had about what being a, a non-U.S., citizen or you weren't born in the U.S. what it is to have a birth because I feel like that's a whole other birthing experience right and let me tell you every one of my pregnancies have like truly brought me back to my roots Mm. and have put me in a whirlwind of like wanting to know more about where I come from I mean I was born in El Salvador I came here to the U.S. to Virginia um, when I was nine years old and so I I almost feel like you know, like I'm not from here or from there because this is all I know almost, but yeah, like I have all these other, um, roots. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in my second pregnancy, I went, I went back to El Salvador for the first time in, in like 15 years. (laughs) Um, and so I've had a beautiful experience connecting back to my roots and I'm actually 
doing a program to become a traditional midwife and I am training virtually with a Salvadorian midwife, which is amazing. Um, and I get to go back hopefully this March to, to train like hands on and learn more about our, our home birth traditions there. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I love that. Okay. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want some of your birth details. Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, Brenda. So let's go to your second birth for a moment. You mentioned that the photography work influenced you choosing a home birth were there other factors as well as you kind of went along or was it just really about seeing what the options were and then you keyed in on home birth I mean I think for me it was definitely seeing my photographing my first home birth and noticing that (laughs) that you know you could be in the next room and not realize that a birth happened Mm. (laughs) in the other room right um and I I wanted I wanted so badly to prepare and to have this peaceful calm. I wanted to have that that midwife be the one to take care of me prenatally and be the one at my birth. Um, so, yeah, that's why I decided to. I interviewed about seven different midwives locally. Luckily, in, in the Northern Virginia area, we have quite a few options mm. and wonderful options. Um, and I ended up choosing a certified nurse midwife. And she has been at both of my home births, and she is wonderful. Her her presence is calm. She's warm. She's I mean, she knows about my life deeply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and that I mean that connection is a whole different thing. Like I'm at home feeling comfortable. My um, I think my, actually no, I'm like did my water break? No, my water didn't break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I'm like after you have three kids, it's like what? Yeah, which one is what, it? Right? Yeah. Like, how old are they? <laughs> Which one is it? What's your name? <laughs> um, actually, I had a pretty hard pregnancy mm. with Levi, my second baby, my first home birth. Um, he was on and off breach, and that gave me a run for my money. Seriously, mm. like I was doing all the things, you know, <laughs> all the things like moxa in my toes, <laughs> um, going to the pool, doing handstands, all of the things. Yeah. Um, he eventually ended up flipping turning actually in optimal position around like 39 weeks but really I mean the anxiety of thinking like that like my home birth can go out the window yeah (laughs) because of that and and also like obviously my baby not not being in in safe position quote-unquote but really I mean I know that there's other options now right Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, it was it was a beautiful home birth experience. I um I labored at home. I had actually a mother blessing that I always, you know, I not only am I teaching this course because I wholeheartedly believe in in celebrating women in this way or just par- pregnant parents in this way. Mm-hmm. Um I I read these like love notes and quotes and songs that my that my friends had read to me during my mother blessing. I read them throughout like early labor. I was drinking my tea, bouncing mm. on my ball, like that whole like vision of like what a home birth, you know, the peaceful home birth. Right. And I remember I would always tell people this story of like how easy and calm and like painless. And I did a little bit of hypnobirthing and I feel like I was just in my zone. <laughs> um, but every time I would tell people this story. Right. I I always felt like, oh, like, is this real? It sounds too good to be true. But like it really was that good to be true. Mm. Um I had a whole different experience with my second baby because I had a little bit of back labor, but even still, um, just like I knew that I, I just had to follow my intuition of how I felt and how I wanted my, my birth to be a private, um, led by me experience. And I really spoke to my midwife about having me catch my baby, having that quiet time where like, you know, no one is interrupting anything. Um, that was really important to me. And, and all of that happened. Mm. I actually, when, when I was, when my baby was coming out, I was in all fours, okay. um, on my knees and hands. Right. And, and we had spoke to my midwife about me catching my baby. So she, she had told me that, you know, when the time comes, I might tell you to switch positions so you can actually be the one to catch your baby. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point, obviously like, I just told her, like, just pass me the baby, <laughs> pass me the baby. And we didn't know the gender. Mm. Um, so that was another beautiful surprise. Um, my five-year-old got to just, just tell everyone in the room <gasps> that um, it was a boy. And it was such a beautiful experience. So oh, calm wow. and so peaceful. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And how was Chris, your husband, in choosing home birth, kind of going back for a second, you know, was that new for him? Was he, where was he kind of on that spectrum of partners that are, some are like on board and then some, uh, not so much. Right. <laughs> he is a super down to earth, easygoing person. So <laughs> he's, he, he, he lets me lead the way. Nice. <laughs> it's like, just tell me what's good and <laughs> how does this happen? And, and let's figure out if you feel like, you know, it's for you, then let's do it. He was very supportive. Mm. Um, even, even the second time around, he actually, I mean, yeah, the second time, my last baby, my second home birth, he, um, he actually got into the pool and I remember looking back at him, like, why are you wearing your socks? (laughs) (laughs) He was like, well, if I would have taken time to take my socks off and my pants off, you probably would have been really mad at me when you were having back labor. So, (laughs) um, yeah, that was pretty funny. funny. Um, but for my second birth, actually, it was quite quite a bit of a different experience for the last like hour. Um, with Levi, my second baby, I did not feel much discomfort really. I just mm-hmm. felt like I was in like a, a different state of mind, just out of this world, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my second baby, um, that's when I was already a doula. Okay. I I became a doula when my second baby, my second home birth was um when he was like 6 months. That's when I decided to do my doula training. Okay. Um 
And I feel like for my third birth, I was kind of trying to doula myself, even though I had two doulas in the room. My best friend is a childbirth educator. And another one of my best friends is a doula too. So they were both at the birth, which was so, so helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I was just kind of in my head trying to like do all the things. Like I remember just being like, pass me the like the comb so I can hold them in my hand. Pass Mm -hmm. me the necklace so I can hold it. My birthing necklace, right? Like all of the things, not only because I was having back labor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also because I just knew all those things were an option. Um, but really like I labor on my own at home until about my my contractions probably started like at like three in the morning and then I labor throughout until about eight in the morning when I called my, my doula, my best friend to, um, for us to go do a trip at Costco because I needed my last minute berries (laughs) and she showed up and she's like, you're actually like you're actually like an active labor here. Like we're not going to Costco. <laughs> um, somehow I managed to also like film, like vlog my whole birth. I had Ooh. propped up my, my video camera um, and my tripod all around. And I managed to like get all of these fun clips of just me being like delirious about me being an actual like labor. Mm-hmm. I had called my midwife and she's like, do you actually want us to come to the birth? Yeah. <laughs> do you want us there? like I do but I don't think it's time yet and then at the same time I'm telling her like I feel like I need to go poop right and Mm. that was like cold word I mean that's usually cold word for birth in general right Mm -hmm. um but it was for my second baby I I had told my midwife like I need to poop I need to poop and I had the baby really like (laughs) and she kept reminding me like no you're having a baby that's happening (laughs) um plus you have the little fishnet right so it happens birth I mean poop happens in birth right sure does totally normal um, so my, my midwife pretty much told me like, if we're on our way, like things are happening, it sounds like you are having this baby soon. And sure enough, I mean, they arrived like 40 minutes before I had baby, oh, <laughs> but wow. those last 40 minutes, I swear, those last 40 minutes were so, so intense. Mm. Was it, That's is it different what... from anything you had experienced before in your previous two births? Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. What did but you... also when I watched the video, I mean, I, I feel it internally in myself, like it was so mm-hmm. intense. But when I watched the video, I think like, it wasn't that bad. I, oh. mean, I don't actually look <laughs> like I go back and forth. I like my, my two year old, I mean, actually, he was one, my one year old would come into the room and I would just turn into like, Oh, I love you, baby. And then go back to like having the contraction and like, feel like I was breaking apart, you know? <laughs> wow. Um, can you remember? Yeah. Can you remember what uh, techniques or, or things that you turn to during those last 40 minutes to, you know, to make it through? I think that community support, even though mm-hmm. I felt, I mean, all along, I always feel like I want birth to be a very private, intimate, like feeling alone, almost like I, I always told my midwife, like, I want to be in the other room and for you guys to be like, in the room next door and feel like I am doing this on my own type of thing. Like you're mm-hmm. just there for backup. <laughs> um, but at that moment for the last like 30 minutes, I needed all of them. Mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh. I even like feel like I'm going to tear up thinking about it. I needed all of them. I remember at one point saying like, get me out of this. How did I sign up for this? Like, no, I can't do this. No, no, no. Transition time. You know, like everyone goes through that in their head usually that, you know, those thoughts start coming up of like, no, you're, you know, you, you can't do this anymore, but you are just so close and you're Mm. almost there. And if only, oh my gosh, if only I would have heard those same words, 
in my first birth at the hospital, like what a difference that would have made. I mean, when I said no, <laughs> and I was in transition at my last baby at the home birth with my two doulas and my you know beautiful birth team, they kept telling me, yes, you can, mm-hmm. you've done it before. And at one point I almost, I also told them like, you know, tell me who has birthed here because this birthing pool that I was in um, has been a thing that we had passed on through friends and things like that, obviously with a liner and things, oh, but that's cool. Um, so I always cool. had that idea of like, women have been doing this for years. Yeah. There's many women that have come before me that have birthed here beautifully and just around me. Right. So I always like leaned on to that power of like the collective power of birthing. Right. And I, that was one of the things I always mentioned to my birth team. Like when I ask you like who's birth here, like you better tell me who's birth here so I can remind myself of that power. Mm. Um, so I like, you know, I yelled out like, tell me who's birth here. Like <gasps> literally probably 10 minutes before birthing my baby and wow. everyone's looking at themselves. Like, uh, I don't remember like who birth here <laughs> and out of nowhere, one of them says like, you have birth here. Mm. You birthed your last baby in this pool. Like mm. you can do this. And just that shift that happens, but it's so back and forth too, because then I went on to saying like, no, I can't do this. And everyone's screaming back at me like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um, but just having that, that, that echo really, at least for me, it felt like an echo, like, nope, shift it up. Like right away, as soon as it comes up, acknowledge it and just shift it up. Um, Mm. I really leaned into that, um, a lot. Wow. So amazing. I got goosebumps a few times as you (laughs) broke all of that down. I think it's incredible to have a birth pool that gets passed pass along like yeah, that's all amazing. that energy yeah yeah, yeah so i cool. think about like eight yeah eight moms had birthed their baby in that pool i don't even know i mean i don't even know at this point where the pool is but i'm sure a few others have birthed yeah <laughs> in it as well that's it's like so a cool. sisterhood of the traveling birth pool yeah seriously <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> wow so then when luna arrived how was that arrival? You described to us how Levi entered and, you know, the assist from the midwife and, and Sophia acknowledging the gender. How was it when Luna arrived? Oh, gosh, when Luna arrived. Oh, um, at the last few minutes, I remember um, like putting literally putting my actually before she was before she was crowning. Now that I think about it, because I felt the 10 centimeters and that was like an aha moment for me. Like what? I, I put my hand inside and felt what 10 centimeters felt like. Oof. And it just, it just clicked for me. Like this is, this is actually happening. Like there's 10 centimeters are happening right now. Mm-hmm. And then even like, you know, when she was crowning, I also like, you know, touched and felt that she was crowning. Um, that really put me in touch with my body. So I, I mean, I caught her when she came out wow. and put her in my chest and we just laid back. Um, into my husband's arms and we were all crying and just enjoying my mother did a prayer all of a sudden we realized we don't know the gender of baby mm-hmm. um, and then I yeah we we showed everyone and we're like it's a girl and like I knew right away even though my husband did not want to name her Luna <laughs> I knew right away that that was Luna like her name was going to be Luna and it was beautiful that sounds That's beautiful. amazing. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. So many, so many feels. And so how do you mm-hmm. feel like your unique birth experiences? Cause it sounds like, a, you know, very different elements can be pulled 
out of each of them, how does it influence or, or show up in the work that you continue to do? Cause you're staying in the birth world, you know, mm-hmm. even, even after your birth. So, um, how does it show up for you or how do you feel like you're able to use bits of your experience to, you know, hold space for other parents and, and then now the birth workers themselves that you, that you connect with? Yeah, I'm always thinking of ways like how can I get to more people and now shifting my work to work with birth keepers. Mm -hmm. um, I find that like I can just keep doing this and there's more people doing the work that I want to keep Mm. spreading. Um, So that has been a beautiful thing. Like now I just had my course, my my first live part of the course yesterday. And there was um, a birth worker from Malaysia. There's a birth worker from Austria, a birth worker from Canada. And I'm just like, what like the possibilities <laughs> um and i have been connecting with a lot of salvadorian birth workers and just latinx birth workers in general you know the power of social media and just keeping our missions going i also think that it's not about like i'm not pushing like you know home birth only like this is the sure. only way it's about like options like if someone would have told me that i could have actually you know saved up or even just had the option of a home birth the first time around. And it was an actual thing that I should consider instead of just thinking that it's, it's not for me because I don't have the funds to, you know, to afford that or to, or, or, or to feel safe doing that. I think I always tell my clients, even in the consultations in the free consultations that I offer for, for doula, you know, people that are interested in my doula work. um, I, I let them know, like, take, every option like seriously and actually look into it like worst case scenario it's not for you and you realize it's not for you um but we need to know that like a hospital birth is not the only way and that legitimately like a home birth is an option a birthing center is an option and like Mm -hmm. as much as you know you hopefully are taking the time to interview some providers you should interview a birth center or interview a midwife and just just see how it goes that's part of knowing your options and figuring out what option is best for you but if you don't actually give it a chance or even look into it and take it as a serious option like you won't know the possibilities yeah <laughs> um that's such yeah. great so advice. i wish someone yeah. would have told me that the first time around but yeah yeah, so, so I'm just always shouting it out yeah that's an option look into it and take it actual serious <laughs> Yeah, because like you said, you never know. You never know what you're going to see or hear or feel that mm-hmm. might make a, a particular option resonate really powerfully for you. So right. I think that's great. Right. Yeah. I remember watching the business of being born with my first baby and thinking like, wow, OK, now I know that I want to have an unmedicated, hopefully intervention free birth. But I I didn't even consider like the option of. I didn't even think that was for me. Mm. I mean, I was 18 years old having my first baby, um, not having much support other than my husband, but we were all new to that. No one ever told me, or I I had no idea that actually I should interview Mm -hmm. a midwife just because, just to see if it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda, thank you so much. Uh, This has been such a great conversation. Um, I want to make sure we mention where and how people can connect with you, whether that's for, because there's different tracks, right? It sounds like you connect with people on different levels. So if it's around doula work uh, as a client, if it's around you are a birth worker and seeking to connect with you, how and where can folks do that? Yeah, sure. My website is um, www.thedoulatog.com. 
com, and you can find all the options there, whether it's my virtual support um, for, for doula work or my Mother Blessing course or my doula talk mastermind that's coming soon. Um, you can find information about it on my website or you can also connect with me and DM me on Instagram, which is the doula, the doula talk. Yeah, the doula talk at a doula talk, the doula talk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or in, on Clubhouse. I've been really enjoying Clubhouse lately. So I'm in there. Cool. Um, or on Facebook as well. So I, I, it's all the same. The doula talk. Great. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll put links to that in the show notes. So listener right now, just make sure you look at the show description. You can see all of those links and check out Brenda's amazing photography as well. It's featured on our website. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah, I also have some freebies coming up for pregnant people and birth workers on my website to just facilitate um, more great things for you. So check those out. Thank you so much again, Brenda. Much love to you and your family. Thank you, Brenda. Same. Thank you guys for your time. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.